0: Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.
1: You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. A jam-packed show on the way for you. Coming up, Rory O'Hagan is joining us to react to that huge news this week that Cork City are possibly set for new ownership. We have reaction to Innescara's loss in the Munster Club Championship, a narrow one there in Thurles. We're going to look ahead then to two huge club championship games tomorrow. Ger Cunningham talks to us ahead of the Bars versus Ballier. That one is in Ennis. Ronan Duan of Ballygiblin speaks to us before they play Colligan at Parky Rin. And then later on, we also have our huge World Cup preview with the Echo's Robert O'Shea. That's all coming up before 7. You're listening to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. It's uh, not been a very very nice Saturday outside there, so hopefully the next hour can uh, turn things around a bit, make that gloomy Saturday a small bit easier to get through. Um, And uh, let's just, before we get into all of the stuff of Cork City, a quick look at uh, the goings on today, of course. Later on, Ireland will be hoping to round off their Autumn Nation series with victory over Australia. Andy Farrell's side can go Three wins from three this November, following wins already over South Africa and Fiji. The Wallabies, though they're searching for their first victory in Dublin since 2013, that kicks off at 8 at Lansdowne Road and a chance as well for Ireland to equal that unbeaten home record that Joe Schmidt set back in 2018 Uh, 3 tries inside the opening 20 minutes as England trailing New Zealand 40. well, I don't know how they've 3 tries scored and the score is 14-0 but 2 tries anyway for New Zealand (laughs) after 20 minutes of Twickenham Um, earlier, Scotland beat Argentina 52 points to 29 at Murrayfield, Scotland are uh, really starting heat up at the moment a big big uh, autumn series for them Wales suffered a shock 13-12 defeated Georgia and Cardiff wow really contrasting fortunes there for, for the two British teams um, Golf Rory McIlroy uh, I'd have to say the DP World Tour Championship is serving up some brilliant drama uh, in the last couple of mornings um, in the golf McIlroy's in contention ahead of tomorrow's final round the world number one signed for a 7-under par third round 65 to move to 12-under he's three shots behind leader John Rand. Um, and as things stand, McIlroy will be crowned Europeans are Europe's top golfer. Um, Lowry, I think, is two under heading into tomorrow. Mainly the uh, drama there has been looking at Terrell Hatton effing and blinding his way around the course for the last three days. Um, I mean, leader several times over the last three days and he hits one bad shot and he starts baiting the club off the ground no no different to any of us when we're on the golf course but that guy is supposed to be a pro uh but like that if he just kept himself in check he'd be grand you know what i mean i think he's level now with with, uh, with and 12 wonder um anyway uh, let's move move on to football and of course the world cup kicks off tomorrow and it just gets messier and messier by the day and um, with the news yesterday that, uh, there'll be no points, no points of the matches, unless you're a FIFA official or in the fancy, the fancy seats in the corporate boxes. They're the only places you can get points of the match, but there'll be no beer, uh, on sale around the stadiums, let's say only in the fan parks and of course Budweiser the main kind of well one of the main sponsors uh, they won't even be able to, to put up their branding now which is I mean surely a breach of contract so uh, they're definitely going to take FIFA to town for that but FIFA President Gianni Infantino then went on an awful uh, I don't know tirade I suppose you describe it as uh, last night for about an hour he claimed Europe has no right to hand out more lessons by criticising the su- suitability of World Cup host Qatar ahead of the tournament kicking off on Sunday the Gulf states received scale criticism regarding its human rights record and poor treatment of migrant workers at his opening World Cup press conference Infantino took aim at what he called the hypocrisy of Western countries Um, now look yeah there is hypocrisy of course but at the end of the day you can't deny you know the, the, the what has happened in Qatar either um, but like that just don't put football tournaments on in places like this and these issues won't arise you know um, and I think to be fair it's it's just the, the legality of that awarding of, of the World Cup was what kicked it off anyway you know which I mean there's no way that was a fair process at all uh, let's move on to uh, Gaelic games there's a couple of club championship games on around the country before we come to the Munster ones anyway uh, it's all squared half time between the Downs and Rathoth in the first of tonight's Leinster Club uh, semi-finals it's won 7-10 points at 7 last year's beaten all Ireland finalists Kilmacott Croaks go up against 3 in a row Leash Champions Port Arlington uh, Tour Lestrain into the Connacht Senior Club football final after beating St. Mary's 8 points to 6 in Carrick Shannon Tennis Novak Djokovic is on course to win his first ATB finals title since 2015 the Serb defeated Taylor Fritz of the US in straight sets in Turin he will face either Casper Ruud or Andrei Rublev in Sunday's final and finally Formula 1 Max Verstappen is on pole for tomorrow's season ending Abu Dhabi Grand Prix the world champion is joined by Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez at the front of the grid will there be more TMR drama tomorrow between uh, Verstappen and Perez uh, which uh, certainly did not look good at all for Verstappen I have to say uh, he could have just let Perez buy him last week it caused a lot of controversy which uh, he doesn't really need to draw on himself but he keeps on doing it right Let's move on and dive in to that huge Cork City news. Of course, they've tabled a bid from Dermot Usher. He uh was uh, the owner of uh, Sonus Bathrooms. That's how he made his money and uh, he's uh, certainly it, it looks very likely he could be the new Cork City owner, but like that there is there will be a vote at the start of December and we're going to hear from Rory now on everything and uh, and you know his thoughts on it and if it's even going to go through. I'm joined by Rory O'Hagan, of course, to uh, speak about the biggest news of the week: Cork City uh, set possibly for new owners. Rory, your feelings first of all when you heard the news?
0: Um, yeah, I was, uh, I suppose, um, a little bit surprised because I mean, like it was only not so long ago that they said, "Look, that they would go more take more over," wasn't going to happen. And there was a lot of uncertainty there and um, I think the board deserve probably a lot of credit because they've obviously been working very very hard in the background um, to get things to this stage um, the announcement happened um, Thursday morning um, caused a lot of I suppose um, frantic debate between Cork City fans and the statement from Forest, basically saying that look we're our, we are we um, are in favour of this bid. We'll be um, campaigning for it. It needs a simple majority to pass at a special meeting on um, December 3rd um, by Forest members, so um, um, that's going to, that vote is going to happen. And it looks like um, it's not a definite thing obviously because it has to go to a vote mm-hmm. but it looks like uh, Cork City are going to be under the ownership of um, Mr Dermot Usher um, uh, shortly, should the vote go ahead or should the vote be passed so it's very very interesting times uh, to be a Cork City fan
1: to be fair like we we all know that without Forrest Cork City's future and past well was was well you know it it may not have have continued to exist only for Forrest coming in and taking over the club but it does maybe seem like they're, they're a, a group that might have just come to, they, they might have just reached the end of the road, I suppose, and heading into the Premier Division now again, a club that needs to invest to try and stay in the Premier Division and start to get back to where the club was five or six years ago. It seems like it would be a good time for new ownership.
0: I think that Courtley City Board deserve tremendous, tremendous credit for what they've done over the last number of years. Um, it can't be an easy job. Remember, this is voluntary as well. It's, it's essentially a full-time job on top of your full time job, and um, the work that they they have done um, in the background has been absolutely sensational. Um, they have kept the club afloat, and they've gotten the club back into the Premier Division over um, the last couple of years. Um, it, look, it hasn't been easy. It's it, like it, it's only five years almost today. The Corks are wrapping up the double up in the Aviva Stadium mm-hmm. against Dundalk, uh, and since then it's just it's it's been a, um, a very difficult time they're very lucky in the manager that they have in Colin Healy um, he is very solid um, unflappable um, very very calm meaner, and he's been a very good person to guide him through this period gotten him back to the Premier Division this year no easy feat in the First Division which is incredibly hard to get out of and as you say this board I suppose they. Um, the, the I, I, it was recognised that they needed outside investment in order to compete in order to um, I suppose um, move the club forward uh, and that's what it looks like is going to happen now under uh, Jermot Osher the um, the Kildare based businessman um, he's from Rothfarnham Farnham. Um, made his um, money through uh, Solus Bathrooms. Solus Bathrooms used to sponsor Bray Wanderers. He's come in um, with a number of I suppose um, big talking points. He's going to appoint a director of football. He's going to um, appoint um full-time uh, marketing executive. There's going to be money left to Forrest so the Trust can uh, Keep operating in its original capacity. Um, they obviously want to develop Turner's Cross, uh, and this all in the, in the statement from the other day. Um, director of football is a big one as well, and they have ambitions uh, to qualify for a European competition. He's going to invest in the women's side of the club as well. So, look, it all seems very, very promising. Um, certainly, talks a good game. However, um, I'm kind of, I'm really looking forward to talking to him for the big red bench, which yeah. I hope will be happening uh, next weekend, and with Chairman Declan Kerry, hoping that's going to happen next weekend. Um, because I'd love to hear like why he wants to get involved in Cork City, what his connection with the League of Ireland football is, what's his long term goal for the club. These are just fans that every fan are questions that every fan wants answered. Basically, it boils down to who's this fella and what does he want with my club? Yeah, and that's yeah. what people want answered. So. Um, they like in the statement um, from um, Force of the day said that they're look, they are going to be meeting the media um, over the next couple of weeks to I suppose um, a, get their usher's name out there get people to know him a little bit better and for him to, to highlight what his plans are for the club so I am really really interested to talk to him to ask him what's he going to do with the club and um, it, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say
1: yeah, just on the point there of, of you know, you're wondering what, the, why does he want to take over Cork City? But at the end of the day, like Cork City is hugely commercially viable club. Like, uh, was it a, a fan survey there carried out maybe just at the start of, of lockdown a couple of years ago? And Cork City were, if not the third most supported club in Ireland certainly in the top 5 ahead of a lot of English teams only Manchester United and Liverpool were basically <laughs> the two teams that were supported more in the country because Cork City is is, is massive Cork County mm. is huge there's a massive fan base there so like there are kind of obvious um, things there at looking at the club to see why somebody would want to invest yeah
0: there's a little caveat to that Aidan a successful Cork City team is one of the best
1: um, mm, yeah okay
0: supported teams in the country like when City are on fire when they're challenging they um, regularly get the, the biggest attendances in the country even looking in the first division this year and some yeah. of their attendances for, for first division football absolutely incredible it shows that the sport is out there when City aren't doing well um, there's one and a half, two thousand 2,000 fans there Um so if, if, if Dermot Osher can come in and invest in the club and I, I'm going to keep specifying this because there it, it is not a done deal yet. It has yeah. to go to a vote but I'm just saying that if he does come in and he does manage to invest and get City competing for, for Europe for the title Um, in the next couple of years then Turner's Cross is going to be practically full every week it's going to be absolutely rocking and there's going to be no better place to watch the League of Ireland match than Turner's Cross and that's all dependent on being successful on the pitch Colin Healy I think and they have as I've said I'm a massive Colin Healy fan he's done a tremendous job I think they've got a great manager there Premier Division football is going to be a challenge for him obviously Um, but um, he um, it'll be interesting to see how he does see what players he brings in what players he keeps from this year and see how City get on um, next season. I mean, like that could be challenging for the league title over the next couple of years. With the with the investment that uh, Jimi Usher might bring in, should he um, uh, should the sale go through, um, could be very very exciting. But you are right; um, City are probably the biggest team in the country in terms of um, support. But getting that support week in week out depends on being successful on the pitch and to be successful on the pitch in the Premier Division, you need investment, and that's why Usher um is uh, attempting to, to buy the club and uh, that's why the Forest Board are, are advocating for the sale and it'll be uh, the vote as I said happening December 3rd and um, Truman Declan Carey said uh, very very positive and um, things about him in the statement. Yeah, I also got a chance to hear from him very, very briefly uh, we're going to have a full interview with, uh, with Declan and hopefully Dermot Usher next week. Uh, but I've got a chance to speak to Declan very, very briefly and uh, this is what Declan had to say.
2: Yeah, um, look, obviously I think it's uh, great news, Rory, for the, the whole football club, the whole city and county that there's such uh, strong interest in, uh, in a possible takeover and yeah, we've um, met with Dermot Usher uh, a number of times over the last couple of weeks and we're delighted with what we've, what we've heard and seen so far and look obviously we'll be um, advocating for the sale um, when the vote happens on December 4th uh, it does have to be ratified by the members of Forest and um, we'll be strongly advocating for that as i said and but look it's you know a great a, a great day for the football club and um, i know it's been a you know, a difficult couple of years for everyone involved, and you know we had the the situation with the the Grove More takeover and call option, but you know hopefully that will all come to an end uh, very soon, and um, you know the club will be in a much stronger position going forward for the next uh, next number of years.
0: So that's okay. what Declan Carey had to say there, Aidan. And you can tell, look, he he's obviously he obviously thinks it's going to be very very exciting, very very good news for City, and is uh, going to be um, obviously advocating for um, a yes vote when that vote uh, does happen at a special uh, general meeting uh, at the start of December. So um, that's basically it. Aidan. I mean, like, there's no more until then. And I just I, I want to speak to, to, to Dermot Usher and, and find out wh- why he wants to invest in Cork City, what his vision for the club is. That's 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 my short-term goal over the next week or so.
1: Exactly. Well, there's only one place that you can find out all of that next weekend here on the big red bench. Rory, exciting times. I know as a fan uh, for you for Cork City like this is, it's a a bit exciting, it's a bit daunting, maybe a bit nerve-wracking as well, uh, but hopefully it is overall positive news. Thanks for joining us this evening. Yeah, thanks, Mike yeah thanks being in there to Rory for going through that uh, yeah it certainly caused a lot of debate among Cork City fans and rightly so as well you don't just welcome somebody into the club without you know going through the process of making sure it's the right thing to do and I'm sure that's what is going to happen and uh, like like we were talking about there Forrest have done an incredible job keeping the club going and if it was time for, for new ownership to, to, to take over and take the club forward uh, you know hopefully it, it just it, it's a positive thing and hopefully Cork City uh, goes from strength to strength obviously with the Premier Division on the horizon next year um, and uh, another new League of Ireland club as well of course uh, in in the league next year uh, Kerry FC I'm afraid I'm going to have to step away as a bit of a fan of, of, of Cork City as I have my own teams to support now but uh, yeah exciting stuff and uh, you can hear from uh, former Cork City player and Kerry FC Sporting Director Billy Dennehy tomorrow on the big red bench I spoke to him at Montauk Park in Chile on Thursday at their first press conference so exciting stuff to have League of Ireland football in the Kingdom next year and hopefully uh, they'll meet uh, they, they'll uh, have a game with uh, City beat in the Cup or maybe even in the Premier Division in a couple of years time who knows um, but uh, yeah it, it should be fun uh, anyway moving on and uh, we're going to look at Inescares' unfortunate loss today in Thurlis. despite two late goals it just wasn't enough Inescara defeated by Thurlis Sarsfield in the AAB Munster hurling intermediate club championship semi-finals, one seventeen to three nine, the final score in Thurles. In Ascara, boss Paul McCarthy told a relevant sports Dennis Hurley he's proud of his players. It was
0: obviously, but was less, so it was are proud of The lads today, they kept going, like and he yeah. nearly brought it back at the end.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Look, it's hard, it's hard to analyse the game now. I just have to come on the I'll just destroy it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, pride is probably a big word used in there, and no? like, okay, we, we lost today. But look, they were the better team, and the had to congratulate them. I'm and, and going off the field. They move on. We look. We go back to we still we are still Cork county champions, and we're hugely proud of that. Yeah. And, and look, today was a step too far. But we had our chances, and t- you know we were ahead. We were ahead by a few. They came back.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. And they ground the it out. They pushed on past us, and play to them. look, we've no re- we've no excuses, no regrets. Um. Okay. Look games it got close again at the end and that's yeah. not to the lads. They kept going fair and that's what they've been doing all year. Exactly nothing yeah new, nothing new. We didn't ex- you know, we didn't expect anything else. Yeah, no. and even the the reaction that the supporters gave them coming off. Yeah. You know, they
0: appreciated the journey yeah. they've been on all year. Yeah,
3: absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um you were I suppose it was close early yeah, on you got a goal to go ahead and you then for the rest of the first half and Early in the second half but they just got a grip then yeah, well, yeah. it's very hard to,
3: to kind of turn that around yeah look look, we started well well enough we got into, I think we were a better team in the first half yeah. look they were always going to come back at us they're, they're, they're second tier winners here on tip Yeah, we're third tier winners they have that bit of quality like and they responded and fair play to them you know they moved the ball very well there and obviously well coached so yeah you know, we does not there's no real answer to that really, like. And I suppose the best thing you can do with it is just
0: use it as a kind of a lesson or learning experience yeah. for what you're gonna be facing next yeah, year and yeah. That's the bottom line that you still have senior in club Florida
3: Yeah, in are moving on to senior A Hurling now and it's fantastic. It's what we wanted to be uh, at the start there that was our target. That was yeah. our target and we have that and that's great. That's great just good young lads in there and there's coming more coming, so it's great for the club to be senior Hurling next year. Perfect thanks <laughs> thanks.
1: Yeah, hard lucked in Ascara. There just wasn't to be today in Simple Stadium. Thurlis, um, elsewhere, Ahabulog claimed the Red FM Division 3 Hurling League title. They defeated Lisgoold 1-8 to 11 points, so congratulations there. Now, tomorrow, big day of uh, Munster Club Championship action. Two teams out, um, uh, the Bars, of course, taking on Ballye in the senior and Bally Giblin taking on uh, Colligan of Waterford in the junior. And um, we're going to hear, first of all, from the St Finbars camp, uh, travelling to Ennis to take on Tony Kelly's Ballet. Of course, here is Bar's boss, Jar Cunningham. I'm joined down the line by Cork legend and St Finbars manager, Jar Cunningham. Jar, uh, thanks a million for joining us on the big red bench. Nobody, Aidan. I suppose, Jar, let's go back to last month. Uh, first of all, St Finbars end a uh, 29 year wait for a county hurling title. What feelings does it stir up looking back on it now?
4: Sure, look, it's been. Uh uh, a lot of pride, I think like a lot of pride in uh, you know I suppose from a, I suppose we waited we've been waiting nearly thirty years for uh, for something that we you know that so uh, we kind of been involved in for a long number of years and it was a, just a, just a magic feeling really of of satisfaction uh, that the lads were able to uh, to pull out. A performance like that on a, on a, on a really horrendous day, and uh, you know it was uh, it was magic. It was really it was great. It was very for you
1: personally as well. I suppose having two sons involved.
4: Yeah, well, I suppose it's like from a team point of view, you'd say you know it, it was it was fantastic, but it was definitely extra special for me having the two boys involved, and that's that was a that was a big plus. You know what I mean? And um, for. Uh, uh, it's just for our family here, like to have the left on the pitch, and you know we won it, it was brilliant. But uh, but overall, you know, I've got to take it the bigger picture here, from from a club point of view. You know what it meant to the club, what it meant to the community, what it meant to the the our club members, ex players, and that sort of stuff. So it was very special, and uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been a great couple of weeks.
1: Absolutely, um, Cork teams have have really struggled in the Munster Championship. I think it's been twelve years since Chandrum were the last Cork club to to win in Munster. Why do you think that is? Yeah, yes, I, I'm not sure what exactly
4: is, you know, I suppose you'd certainly, I suppose, last number of years, you'd have to question with the fact that, the, you know, the actual record of, of Cork Clubs and it's like whether, what, what 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 you know, that that the clubs were, were, the teams that were there were actually good enough to, uh, you know, to to win these matches, obviously, you no, know, it's not. Sometimes it can be very difficult to to raise the bar again so soon after, uh, you know, after the main ambition probably is to, is to win a your own your own your own county championship, and then sometimes you're out straight afterwards, maybe a week or two weeks later, you know, and to, to try trying to perform at that level against, you know, what are obviously very very good teams, and you know you'd have to, you know, a record in Cork has been poor over the last number of years, so um, it's been disappointing. You know what I mean? So for and it's, there's probably a number of reasons why. So look, we're hoping from our point of view that we can get a chance to uh, to maybe rectify that. You know, we can't control what happened in the last twelve years, but all we can do is look look, look forward to Sunday. Uh, look forward to the, you know the challenge that's ahead of us going up tennis to play about year. Uh It's a it's a really uh, it's a really big challenge for us. And uh, but look, we're we're one that we're really looking
1: forward to. Um, I suppose before we look at the opposition for, from your own point of view and 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 the preparation heading into Sunday, what what are the main areas you focused on as a group? Has has there been any key areas that you have pinpointed? No, look, we listen. We we we
4: kind of left the, we left the lads alone for a while after the county final because obviously the club kind of focused in on uh, look, trying to win the football final, and we had, you know, we eight or nine or ten players involved in that panel. So, you know, everything was geared towards kind of supporting that, that 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 effort to try win the football. So, you know, it was only after the football final that we kind of came back together and, uh, you know, started looking looking and focusing in on on Belier and, uh, you know, looking at where areas that we need to work on. So, look, it's been it's been a you know we've we've basically tried to be consistent in our approach and what we've done all year. We try to focus on ourselves and areas that we needed to work on. Obviously. Conditions have changed this time of year compared to what they were all year. You know, the pitches now are, you know, the conditions, the winter is in, the pitches are an awful lot heavier with all the recent rain. So it's a different game. You know what I mean? It's not the game that that we had played all through the summer. So trying to focus to adapt to the, you know, to the elements that are there now
1: would probably want to be one of the main things. Squad wise, have you got a, a clean bill of health? Yeah, I think
4: we we've got a couple of niggles that are that have been there for the last couple of weeks. But uh, I'm hoping that all those lads that you know, those three or four lads there with those uh, all going well, they should come through. Uh, this should come true and be available for selection, and uh, we'd hope to, that we'd have everyone available to us.
1: Bellier then I suppose there, there's no point uh, uh, skirting around. This uh, Tony Kelly will be their main threat. What exactly can you do against a player like that?
4: Um, as you say, you're 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 coming up against probably one of the best players in the country at the peak of his form. You know, he's a class act. Uh, you know, obviously there'll be there'll be somebody detailed to mind him and mark him, and uh, you know all we got to do is to hopefully that the, the whoever is detailed to mark him. Can do a good job, uh, but he also be looking for his teammates around him to help him as well. But I think if we can, you know, if we can work on hopefully to supply a ball going into Tony Kelly, if we can, if we can reduce it and reduce the quality of it, uh, and uh, try to minimise that as best we possibly can. I think that that might certainly go on a long way towards helping the 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 player who be detailed to mark him because that's that'll be a major challenge. And if we can, uh, if we can focus on that. Uh, you know, that'll be a big part of it. But again, we can't afford, we can't throw, you know, all our focus on on, on, on Tony. There's, there's fourteen other players there. They've got some other some very good forwards as well, you know, Niall DC at that level, some very good defenders, Jack Brown, Paul Flanagan, intercountry players with Clare. So they're far from a one man team, you know what I mean? They've 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 been successful in Clare for the last number of years, and uh, obviously we we'll have we we'll have our work cut out to beat them in innocent Sunday.
1: Absolutely, I suppose. How important and how helpful is it to have guys like Damien Cahillan, for example, who have been a, a part of the Cork team over the last couple of years? They've come up against the likes of Tony Kelly and and the other uh, intercounty players as well on the Bellier team.
4: Yeah, that's that's great, and we you know we've tried to tap into that inf- that knowledge and information that Damien and. Uh, uh and connor would have as well uh, damien obviously has been around that scene for a long time and so certainly we can try tap into that uh to the, the you know to, to their knowledge and uh as to how best to to cope with this on sunday so like they're you know the experienced lads on our team they're really very important to us like you know so but uh it's a new challenge for us aiden on sunday you know we've we've uh you know uh, it's it's a new venture it's a new area um, we've, we haven't been outside of Cork, as you say, for the last twenty nine years so uh for the first time in, in a long time. Uh, you know, we have a very proud tradition in the Muster Club Championship. Uh, you know, we've we've won it on, on, on a number of occasions and uh, look we we'll, we'll we'll do our best on Sunday to represent our own club, but also to represent uh, Cork as well.
1: And an interesting venue, Ennis, as well, to go to to do that. Uh, It's such a tight uh, sort of venue, and we know that the bar supporters are are anything but quiet, so uh, it could make for a brilliant atmosphere.
4: Yeah, hopefully Sunday, Yeah, like you know, it's uh, like you know, people, you know, pe- people have this perception that Ennis is a tight ground. That's probably the surroundings of it. But the, like the pitches, is, is uh, the pitches very good? The pitches top class. The pitch is pitches full dimension. So you know, it's uh, it's 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 a great pitch. You know what I mean? It's an intercounty pitch, top class pitch. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, I suppose Cork teams having a, the best of record up there in the last number of years because it's a hard place to go. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, it's a challenge for us, you know. It's an early start with the game is at, at 1.15, so we will be on the road early. But as I say, look, we've it's been it's, it's November, the middle of November and we're still hurling and uh, you know we're we're really looking forward to uh, you know to doing ourselves hopefully justice on Sunday.
1: Well Jar, it's been a pleasure speaking with you as always and the very best of luck in Ennis. Thanks, Eden. Yep, yeah, uh, big one for the Bears tomorrow, travelling to play Bally A. And on the other side of that Munster Hurling Senior Club Championship draw, it's Nipir Sig versus Bally Gunner. So two really good games. And uh, you can hear reaction to the Bears game against Bally A tomorrow here on the big red bench. Um, just before I go any further, I've just seen a tweet here from Tony Lean, and uh, it's uh, he said that uh, it's uh, sad news. Michael Ellard, he uh, was a GA reporter with the Irish Examiner, sadly passed away uh, so certainly sad news for the uh, CorkGA community uh, this evening um, that Michael Lillard has passed away uh, coming up after the break we're going to hear from Bally Giblin's Ronan Dewan, and we're also going to have our World Cup preview with the Echo's Robert O'Shea don't go away
0: The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Miss the show, grab the big red bench podcast at redfm.ie.
1: Corks Red FM. Very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Corks Red FM AD here with you until 7 o'clock. Ballygiblin uh, Belly Giblin are back again in Munster uh, Junior Hurling Club Championship action tomorrow at Parky Rin. they play Culligan of Waterford St. Kieran's are awaiting the winners of that game in the final already they had a one point win over Banner of Clare 17-16 after extra time and I had to say I was absolutely sick for Banner because uh, I did the commentary on their uh, quarter final against Kilgarvin and there's some great people involved in that club and uh, they brought some great colour to Clarny that day uh, they were right up for it so I'm absolutely sick for them to lose by a point in extra time but I'm really looking forward to tomorrow uh, Ballygiblin of course going to defend uh, it's not often a club gets to do that but with the regrade they were allowed back in to the Munster GA championship and I'm um, doing the commentary on the Munster GA live stream for that as well tomorrow at Parky Rin so I'm looking forward to that 1:15 uh, the game throws in here is their manager Ronan Duan all right, I'm joined on the line by Bally Giblin boss Ronan Dwan. Ronan, thanks a minute for joining us on the bigger bench. No about it. Uh Ronan, I suppose back in back in Munster Club action again. Uh back here uh of course he he had a, a nice win in, in the quarterfinals. He came up against Grange, Mockler, Bally Neal, two ten to eleven points. Tell me, what did you make of the lads in that win?
5: Yeah, I suppose look we you know we had a you know we had a fantastic win I suppose, in the county so you know um obviously when you start off to start of the deal that's your your main goal um, you know, the day against Grange more close. But look, we you know, we were probably look a bit lucky to come out the right side of it. Um, you know, we didn't play that well. We were a little bit flat and, you know, we were probably you know, fortunate enough to get get you know, to get the the result at the end of the day. Um, you know, we got a couple of goals, I suppose in the second half, you know, to dig us out of trouble. But, you know, I suppose look, we were under no illusions that, you know, we'll have to improve the next day against Colligan because, you know, they're an excellent team and and you know, we you know, if we only play as well as we did the last day, you know, we won't be winning this match. So we're fully aware that we need to, you know, drive on No, for
1: for the next day. It's a tough time here year to be training, but of course the prize gets bigger and better with each week that 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 goes on and like that, you've been here before obviously you've uh, a lot of experience from your journey last year so I suppose you're hoping that, that that'll stand to you and, and you can use that each week that you go into training even though it's it's not, uh, it's 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 a time of year where you look out the window and then maybe sitting by the fire might be a bit easier
5: Yeah I suppose there's been an awful lot of rain the last few weeks but look we've really knuckled down over the last the last couple of weeks since the More Club game, training's gone very well um, you know and we'd be you know, as you said, there's a huge prize and offer. You know, to get back to a Munster final again. Um, you know, obviously we won it last year, so you know we'd be we'd be really keen to push on and 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 try and defend that title this year.
1: Absolutely, Colligan of Waterford. They're coming straight into 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 the Munster Championship, of course. You have that game in the quarterfinals played. Are you hoping that'll stand to you?
5: Yeah, I suppose. Look, from the, you know, when you win your county, I suppose you know it's you're into new competition again. So you know, I suppose look, the game in Munster, you know, has really kind of, as I said, you know, we didn't play that well. You know, it's really kind of focused our mind again, and you know, the the challenge that that lays ahead, and that you know, if you if you if you drop any little bit here, you you know, you're you're going to be beaten. So, you know. The fact that we've had a game and I suppose got all, got got up and running again in this competition, you know, you'll be hoping will be a help. And, and, and as I said, you know, Caligan are an excellent team. You know, they've 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 really good players play a lovely style of hurling and. You know, only your best piece of advice
1: here. Yeah, I suppose maybe uh, a player that'll be most familiar to to our listeners is maybe Colin Dunford there in the forward line, uh, Waterford inter county hurler. So um, it's, uh, it's 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 always a good test when when you're coming up against that kind of inter county level, isn't it?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, Colin. You know, he's a, he's an excellent forward, great pace. You know, great vision. You know, he's used. You know, an an excellent player for them. You know, they have they've other players as well. You know, Joe Booth and Dan Booter. You know, they might be well known to um to to the general hurling public yet, but they will be in time. You know, you'd expect the bottom to be going representing Waterford at senior level. They've been very very impressive in their campaign, and you know, Waterford underage hurl, hurlers. You know, and they've really they've really stood out. And you know, they've they they've a very very good team. You know, and look, they've a great tradition. You know, Calligan played senior in Waterford back in. Back in the 90s, you know, so look, they have a huge vision, and, and look, they'd be, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming here, you know, with, with high ambitions.
1: With the time of year it is, you know, winter hurling, um, tactics m- tactics maybe are a bit more scaled back. It, it gets more into the nitty gritty and and the kind of who wants it more uh, territory. But from what you've been able to see of Colligan, um, what areas are you looking that, that could be the most decisive in the match?
5: Well, look. As I said, you know they, you know they have they they play lovely style. You know they 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 give great ball, and you know they've some very very dangerous forwards. You know John Wall as well. You know you know a style Walter and You know you know for the last two decades, you know excellent free taker. Obviously, Colin Dunford, and you know does 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 three or four of his cousins playing as well, and and the boots, and you know look, they've they they've an excellent team top to bottom. So as you said, look, you know tactics, you know this time year, you know it's it's more of a, you know. You know, I suppose, look, the, the ground is, is heavier, the ball won't go as fast, even if it's a dry day, you know, you know, just the moisture and everything. So it's more of a, you know, a war of attrition as such. And, you know, mentally being ready and just being prepared to battle, you know, is, 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 as you said, is, is just a, you know, a huge quality that's required, you know, any game this time of year
1: yourselves then like you know Sean Sullivan has uh, uh, stood up free and obviously Mark Keane as well at the back and I'm sure plenty of of other players as well uh, chipping in with that w- with knowing what it's like to play in the, in these club championship games and you'll be hoping that they can just bring everything together the next day.
5: Yeah absolutely look you know we've had a you know we've had a good spread of, of players all year you know contributing and and you know putting their you know putting their best foot forward you know to get us over the the line in in, in you know different occasions you know so you know you know, we, we we have a good you know, we've a you know, we have a good even team, you know, and, and, and different fellas, you know, you know, push on in different days, which is which is what you need really, because, you know, you are not gonna win anything with two or three superstars, you know, you need everybody pushing their shoulder to the wheel. And and in fairness we've we've got that over the last year or two
1: absolutely well Ronan uh, hopefully it's going to be a cracking game hopefully uh, Ballygiblin can come out on the right side of it representing Cork in Munster uh, thanks a thanks very much Ed yeah best of luck to the two teams tomorrow and we'll have all the reaction to the Bars game and the Ballygiblin game here on the big red bench now let's jump into our World Cup preview with the Echoes Robert O'Shea I'd like to say I'm joined by Robert O'Shea, a tipster with the Echo, of course. Uh, He writes The Long Shot every week and we're going to look at, uh, of course, the World Cup, which starts tomorrow as we're listening to this. Robert, first of all, I suppose, like this World Cup, it's a bit of a nightmare. We can't really jump into talking about what will happen on the pitch uh, without mentioning at least, um, I suppose, the the whole controversy around the World Cup. And like when that's the case, then it just shows that the tournament should just not be on there
2: yeah definitely and i think um the build-up has been very short as well when you think a lot of the domestic leagues in europe have just finished last weekend so i think it's kind of jumped up on people a bit the world cup whereas usually we might have a couple of weeks to think about it and i mean even up till own last week i i wouldn't have been aware of who was in what group or whatever but um as you say as well qatar is a very controversial um venue for the world cup
1: well, yeah, look, we're just going to put it all to one side because there are matches to be played and, and there are uh, there is a World Cup uh, to be won. I suppose, first of all, let's look at who are your main contenders and we look at the wider picture then.
2: Well, I, I've narrowed it down to five who I think can win it. Um, Argentina and Brazil are the favourites and I think the South Americans haven't won in 20 years and I just have a feeling the winner will come from one of them. And if you're looking at Europe, I'm kind of going with a couple of outsiders with uh, the Netherlands and Belgium and with Spain as well, who they have a a young team. And if they click, I can see them going far in the tournament. So from those five, I'm kind of leaving out Germany. I can see Germany going far. They're a very good team. They're their best qualifying campaign ever. But um, yeah, I'll narrow it down to that five. I mean, and... I'd pick Argentina to win it and Belgium as my outsiders
1: yeah I suppose Argentina is definitely a fan favourite from a lot of people I've talked to and I suppose everyone's doing uh, kind of maybe a few fundraisers for their local J club and, and filling out uh, who they think going to go far in the tournament Argentina is certainly a team that that a lot of people are picking and I suppose it Messi as well heading into what is will be his his last World Cup and his last chance to win it uh, let's look at their group I suppose uh, Argentina then Um Saudi Arabia who I think have always had this uh, connotation around them as a team that concede lots of goals uh, mm-hmm. but Mexico and Poland in there as well who will who Mexico who always fare well in the World Cup as well, and Poland who are a decent team, and of course Lewandowski in there as well.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Lewandowski hasn't scored at a World Cup yet, which is surprising. And um, even when you look at Argentina uh, and you know Messi, who hasn't scored in the knockout stages, and neither has Cristiano Ronaldo, amazingly enough. But um, I'm going to rule out Poland. I they have a good Napoli player, Zelensky, and Lewandowski. He is still scoring for Barcelona, kinda of working away by himself for that club. But as far as I can see, the, the youngsters for Spain aren't doing anything amazing on the European stage anyway. Um, but I, I will roll out Poland. Saudi Arabia might spring a surprise because they're they're right next door, they're they're within a couple of miles of Qatar, they're gonna be used to conditions. It's actually gonna be the temperatures won't be as high. These we, we'll have to find out about these air conditioned stadiums. They've never we've never seen them before. But the humidity is actually higher winter in winter in in the in in the arabian peninsula it's up to around 73 percent. so that's actually 20 to 20 percent higher than the summer so um i'm sure these air conditioning units might get get rid of that, some of that moisture but the, the teams will be training in these conditions as well and saudi arabia might suit them um and they've got an experienced manager um herve a french manager who has won two african nations cups with uh Zambia and the Ivory Coast. So they might be a bit of a surprise. Mexico, as you say, always do well, but they they have seven in a row now being knocked out of the second round. So the quarterfinals is really where they want to go. They call it the fifth game. They're they're mad to get there. They have an Argentine coach. And I can see Argentina and Mexico getting through this group. And as I say, I think Argentina, it'll be a fairy tale if Messi does do it. And I think maybe it's all in our heads that we'd love to see him do it. And with Maradona passing, I think maybe they have a bit of a less pressure on them they want to cope America since he died they're on this amazing win run where they can overtake Italy in the most the most wins in, in at the international stage so and I think um something I think it's, it's it, the, the final might be his hundred game not with Argentina there's some there's some statistic that, that if he reaches the final um might be his hundred competitive game so that could be the end for uh, a fitting in for Messi and I think all football fans would love
1: to see him lift the trophy. Amazingly, then, like all all of a sudden, it's come about that Brazil are the other uh, kind of the, the this this. Uh, the, the Brazil are actually the favourites for the World Cup, um, and they can meet in the final as well, which yeah. I think would be maybe the most excited I'd be for for a World Cup final. I would say anyway, Brazil and Argentina like would be incredible. Um, their group is. Interesting because I think Brazil will fear European teams because they've they've never really fared. You know, whether whether they'll 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 be a bit easier, uh, a bit um more confident in the group stages against them uh, or whatever I'm not sure but uh, Switzerland and Serbia like Serbia are very decent team we obviously Mm -hmm. felt the brunt of Serbia in the World Cup qualifying campaign Aleksandr Mitrovic has been absolutely electric in the Premier League this season like it's a tough group for Brazil but if they do come through that then you fancy them to to take that experience into the knockout stages
2: yeah, Mitrovic, like his second stint in the Premier League, he seems to have kind of settled in a bit better. It's it's interesting, That's, that group, Brazil, Switzerland and Serbia were in the same group in 2018 in Russia with Costa Rica instead of the Cameroon and Serbia didn't perform that well. Switzerland have done very well at the last two um, tournaments. Brazil, I just think Brazil maybe are lacking those superstars. I know we have Neymar, but uh, I mean, when you look at 20 years ago, you had Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, who might have been a bit of non non package and Rivaldo. And I just think they're lacking that. And I I think I'd love to see an Argentina-Brazil final, of course, but I think maybe we might be waiting four years and they might they might be another twenty-four-year wait for them, like between seventy and ninety-four, and they might win it again in America. Um the Swiss the Swiss would I mean, we saw it. They, they beat France on penalties in the Euros. Um an interesting one, Hakken Yakin, a a famous player for them. I mean, Northern Ireland more or less got them there by drawing with Italy in Belfast and uh, he sent them, they, he said that he kept them scoreless for 93 minutes. So he sent them 9.3 kilograms of Swiss chocolate. I, I think maybe you should have sent them 93 kilograms, but um, the Swiss, yeah, the Swiss have some decent players and I think we've seen them in, in Europe. Um, so I would actually, I have a feeling it might be Switzerland and Brazil to go through like they did four years ago.
1: Then, interestingly enough, you went with the Netherlands as, uh, as one of your picks from Europe. I, I can see why as well, like they, they've built a very decent squad and a young squad and obviously Louis van Gaal as well, which will definitely be Louis van Gaal's probably his final act, I suppose, in, in professional management. You'd imagine he'd retire after this and everything that's gone on there with their their qualifying campaign and his, his health and everything like that. There is definitely a lot of incentives for, there to, for the Netherlands and, and a lot of uh, outside factors that could drive them on.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's another kind of fairy tale story. You could see Louis Van Gaal coming back from cancer, leading the Netherlands. You know, who've been so unlucky in World Cups to maybe their their first win. It's uh, it's three to one on uh, a first time winner. And if you were picking a first time winner, it'd have to be Netherlands or Belgium. Really, You can't see anyone outside them them surprising us. But um, they have Virgil Van Dijk at the back. I mean, he's a superb player. He's playing superbly again for Liverpool, and um, after his his injuries, um. Yeah, I just I, they have decent players, you know. And I, I, I think this World Cup is maybe slightly different, I suppose, because of the players haven't had a rest; they won't have much time to to, to have um, warmed up with each other and got used to each other. So, I just think maybe as an outsider, maybe Netherlands, yeah, have a, have a fine chance of getting through that. their their group there. And Senegal have lost Sadio Mane, so that's a huge loss. So that that group looks a lot easier though. Um I just Senegal. Yeah, in Senegal,
1: group. Ecuador and Qatar. So you'd fancy them yeah you'd fancy the Netherlands to 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 put a few goals past uh Qatar and Ecuador maybe. I'm, I haven't seen Ecuador now, I might be doing them an injustice, but yeah. Um you'd imagine it's a it's a very winnable group like.
2: Yeah, well once Manny is out, it it's got so much easier, unfortunately. And it's sad to see him. I mean, when he knocks Salah and Egypt out, you were saying at least one of them is there, Manny or Salah but no neither of them is, which is uh Terrible for fans, but um yeah, Ecuador. I, I don't know much about Ecuador. I'm sure sure they, they, they'll um bring a bit of South American noose to the to the to the pitch. And Qatar I think will probably pick up a point because they're at home. There's uh they might have a few refereeing decisions as well, go their way.
1: Let's look at group B there. I think it's a very interesting group. We were a couple of games away from this group being England, Iran, USA and Ukraine. It's England, Iran, USA and Wales. Uh, there's enough political drama involved with, with England, Iran and USA, and USA anyway without Ukraine being there. Um, but it's a very interesting group. Iran, who are being managed by Carlos Quresh, um, will be very difficult to beat because he'll probably put 10 men behind the ball. Uh, England should be winning this group wales you imagine as well should be getting out in second but the usa you won't write them off either
2: it's a tough group uh, and england won't be like england need to make sure they're qualified before they play wales because wales would be, really be up for that game you'd imagine um i can see wales maybe just beating the americans in the opener um we have iran and england lunchtime i think on monday it's, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, that the funny one about that is Kirash being back again after failing to qualify for the World Cup with two other teams and then Iran sacked their manager after qualification and bring him back. Um, yeah, they're going to be defensive. Um, Iran had a chance of qualifying for, in the in the last tournament. I think they had a famous throw against Spain uh, at 1-0 down in extra time and, one of their players decided to try and do a somersault and uh, almost gave away a foul throw. But um, and then instead of throwing it to the box, he threw it back to his own half. Uh, but um, Iran, yeah, they, they've actually performed well enough for World Cups. So they're going to have a strong a strong side. Some of their former players are saying they should pull out because of the protests at the moment. So it's a, it's a tense situation there. But then they're just across the Gulf. They're, their fans should be able to travel. There'll probably be political problems going to Qatar from Iran, but um, I can imagine they'll be used to the, the heat if it, that becomes a factor because of the air conditioning. Uh, I don't know whether it will be or not, but it's, it's a suitable venue for them.
1: Yeah, Iran certainly add to the geopolitical elements to, to, to an already very politicised World Cup. Um, Belgium, you mentioned... We've been waiting for Belgium to do this for so long now. They're the golden generation for maybe 12 years at this stage. This yeah. is it for them now. This is the last time you will see that golden generation together, particularly at, at the heights they are, like Kevin De Bruyne in four years' time with another World Cup. Yeah. will not be anywhere near the same. Kevin De Bruyne we have now. And yeah. you'd, you'd suggest he's probably the best he's ever been at this stage.
2: Oh, he's a wonderful player. And they are relying on... Hazard to kind of overcome his three bad years at Real and the injuries he had. But looking, he, he he was a fantastic player. He was fantastic four years ago as well. And not forgetting like Ronaldo came back in 2002 after two years after playing no football and lit up that tournament. So it can happen. Um, you need Lukaku as well to sort of add a bit of welly up front. Um, but Belgium were one of the best teams at the last tournament. They were nearly knocked out by Japan. Um, but... Um, yeah, I just fancy Belgium, you know, they're, they're, they're just sticking out of me, No, not many people are mentioning them. I know the lowland countries probably aren't very humid and maybe the conditions might suit them, but Kevin De Bruyne, sometimes you just need one player, or one fantastic player to, to perform and pull you through the group stages, which I think, you know, they're, they're going to get through the group stages. Croatia are probably not, not the force they were, they probably should get through. Canada are probably going to be whipping boys morocco um morocco again an, an arab country um not a bad team have performed okay at world cups and interesting of again that their, their manager i think it's Halidic, he um he was sacked just before the tournament and that's his third time now being sacked after qualifying with a team so that poor bosnian fella he, maybe he'll have to lead bosnia to the world cup before he'll get to manage a team there but yeah belgium i i just fancy belgium to go far
1: You'd always uh, earmark the, 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 top European sides as being contenders. Germany and Spain in, in group E together. You'll, yeah. you'll tell a lot by that game. I suppose they play, well, do they, oh, they play each other in the second game, which will be an important game. It probably will decide the winners of the group, at least yeah. you imagine. Uh, so we could see a lot from, from what way those two teams are shaping up there. And they are certainly mm-hmm. on the rise compared to the last World Cup they're in.
2: Yeah, Spain, uh, Spain have, I mean, you got these lovely youngsters, Pedri, Gavi, um, Fran Torres, young fellas with Barcelona who are not, we're not playing very good at the moment in Barcelona, but he um, will you, need them to click. You've got Morata up front, probably not someone you really want to rely on. Did Spain win a World Cup without a striker? I think David Villa scored four or five goals that, that tournament. You know, you still need someone. I wouldn't really trust Morata. And they're in a very tough group. I mean, I mean, Germany or Spain could go out in the first round. Japan, Japan have um, have, a, have always performed as, as I said, they were two 0 up against Belgium in the knockout stages at the last tournament, and they should have probably gone on and won. But um, I don't know much about them. Andres is over there at the moment, someone who uh, a lot of people compare Pedri to. He's playing his club football. And he says Japan have a chance of getting out of the group, um, and Costa Rica, another tropical country with used to humid conditions as i say i don't know whether that would be a fact that costa rica played very well eight years ago They could be a surprise package um yeah uh, another just an interesting one for any cork people out there when, before the matches uh if you're listening to the japanese national anthem that was written by a man from kinsale called john finton a famous cork uh sports name it's only four lines long but uh yeah uh, it's just a, a nice note to have before they get the game kick off you can just listen to it with a bit of pride
1: yeah, amazing stuff. There's always something, there's always a connection, isn't there? We haven't even mentioned the reigning champions, France, but, uh, we're, we're, you know, who knows what they can do. The holders, there's always a bit of pressure. Can they get out of the group? The last four to five haven't gotten out of the group. Um, but yeah, France, uh, certainly want to keep an eye on throughout the competition anyway. Let's look at the golden boot then. Always a, a good one that, that people like to, to maybe have a, have a couple of euro bet on as well. Who are your main contenders?
2: Yeah, I mean, if if you fancy Argentina to go far and Messi having never scored in the knockout stages, he'll surely um, he'll surely if if, if you fancy him to win, uh, he's the he's the um, he's the man to back. I mean, he's I think he's nine to one, is it or no? He's twelve to one for that, and he's nine to one to win the of the ball to be player of the tournament. Um, their main kind of up front striker Martinez is twenty five to one, and they're playing. Are they, playing, are they playing Saudi Arabia in group stages? You can like, I mean, if you think they're going to go to town in Saudi Arabia, maybe Martinez could bag a hat trick or something. I think he, I think he's actually grabbed a hat trick against Mexico before, so um, he's used to bagging a few goals in against them. So he might be, might be a man at twenty five to one to look at. Um, he, like we haven't really mentioned England. Harry Kane was the leading scorer last time. Don't see him getting a huge amount of goals. Uh, I know. He's There's a, just no creativity
1: swimmer. there, really, with yeah. the England side, you know, to, to create those chances yeah. for Kane.
2: Well I mean, England can go far. They have the team for it with Southgate. I mean, with maybe if he, if he kind of got rid of the suit and put on a tracksuit or some flowing robes, we might see some flowing football. I mean, you have the players there. If you gave them a chance, and then, I mean, of course, he's probably going to start Harry Maguire, so we don't know. What farm he's in? Well, we know. It's I probably think to be fair,
1: Maguire Maguire was their second half goal scorer in uh, in World Cup yeah. qualifying. I you think yeah, scored yeah. four headers. Four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, so maybe it just yeah. shows you how dour that, that campaign was for, for England, despite yeah. them sauntering to winning the group. Like,
2: yeah, and their their Nations League
1: um, form has been bad,
2: so I, I don't see Kane winning it again. The Brazilians have a have a kind of system that'll probably see a lot of different goal scorers. In Germany, you're the same. Germany had 13 different goal scorers qualifying. Spain, you're not going to see Morata banging in seven goals, six or seven goals. They'll have a kind of widespread uh, scoring. So, yeah. Funny enough, so, you're
1: possibly looking at maybe likes of Benzema or Mbappe, maybe just shooting the lights out in the group stages um, yeah. and possibly being up there.
2: You could, yeah. You could have a, an Oleg Salenko score all your goals in the group and bagged the, or he, I think he was a giant with Saitchikov in ninety four, so yeah, you could have that. I still, I, if I was going to go for one, I because I fancy Argentina going to some, the whole way, I, I'd go for Messi or Martinez to to
1: take that one. Bear the tournament then, I imagine Messi is obviously a shoe-in for that if you're looking at them going all the ways, with Brazil yeah. then maybe you're looking at, obviously Neymar always attracts the attention. And has played well before at World Cups, unfortunately, uh, picking up the injury in in Rio at that time. Uh, But he's certainly someone maybe you look at there as well if Brazil were going to go far.
2: Yeah, and Brazil, I mean,
1: Brazil, their
2: their more recent uh, successful World Cups are built on good defence. Marquinhos could be a big player. Um, They don't tend to pick golden ball winners as defenders, as I found out when I had Canovara backed in 2006, and they they managed to give it to Zidane at halftime before he'd been sent off, which he shouldn't have won it anyway. Canovara was the best player in the tournament, but I think you'd have to pick an attacking player. Maybe um, Kevin De Bruyne and Messi. I I mean, you could have even said Sadio Mane if he had a he was there today, and they got to the quarterfinals. I'm sure he'd have pulled, uh, and they, they could easily, I think, got to the semifinals if they got a good run of it. Senegal, but he's not there. But I would pick maybe Kevin De Bruyne. I think I, I'm not too sure on his price. I think it might be around 16 to one and uh, nine to one on Messi. I, I I'd go for Messi. Look, I'm just hoping he'll have a great yeah. tournament. Now that Maradona isn't there, uh hovering behind him. Um, so, um. Yeah, we go for Messi. we we'll just put it mm-hmm. all in, our hat all in,
1: on Argentina. Absolutely. Well, yeah, Argentina are your winners for sure. Uh, just before we finish up, uh, who do you think, or what do you think is going to cause the biggest shock or surprise? Because there's always biggest, one. There's always yeah, a shock or surprise.
2: A, te- a team, um, sometimes it's not a team. As you said, South Africa it was the ball, I think, uh, and the Vuvuzela. So, something, something will come up. Um, I think either South Korea, or Japan could go far. Um, Pele obviously predicted that it would be an African winner before 2000 and we're still waiting 22 years later. No, I think uh, Africa only get five teams they have something like 52 countries more countries or the same countries and Europe get 13 so I mean it's a bit unfair Um, I I, I'd go with South Korea Japan um, and maybe Ghana because I think you know if you're looking for a surprise package um, I'd go with either Ghana, South Korea, or Japan. I don't know what their prices are for the tournament. I don't think they'd win it, but uh, I think they could go far into the tournament. It's, yeah. good. it's an, it's. I think it's a great. It's an open tournament because it's in, it's in mid-season. The teams haven't had much preparation. I mean, I think if you look at the last few World Cups, France, I think was predictable enough as a winner in Russia. Uh, Germany. I mean, I would have thought Brazil would win in Brazil, but uh, Germany were definitely one of the favourites. Spain, I think, I, I thought we nailed on to win in 2010, but um, this one it's it's hard. It's hard. You, you could you could make arguments for Germany, Spain. You could make arguments for England. You could make arguments for Argentina, Brazil. And at least six or seven to eight teams who could win it. Um, and if I was looking for an outside winner, which is three to one for an a, an initial winner, I'd go for Holland or or Belgium.
1: Absolutely excellent stuff. Robert, thanks for going through all of that. And hopefully, no worries. Uh, despite it being maybe a bit of a daunting tournament coming up uh, mm-hmm. as we were going through a, a nice uh, Premier League season, that it's, it's going to offer a bit of excitement heading into Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Ed, and cheers. cheers. Thanks very much to Robert O'Shea there for uh, going through uh, the uh, World Cup, which begins tomorrow, of course, the opening ceremony tomorrow, and then Ireland, they're playing Malta and a friendly afterwards, so uh, anyway, we're not too excited about that one, but I I am starting to get a bit excited for the World Cup. Anyway, that is all we have time for. We are out of time. You can catch up on RedFM.E and all major podcast platforms, the big Red Bench podcast. Rory is on the way tomorrow, and as I said, he'll have reaction to the bars and to the Billy Giblin. Also, he has uh, golfer John Murphy on the back of his success, and uh, also Billy Denny as well, Kerry FC Sporting Director. Stevie G is on the way next.
0: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.